And I want you to look down, if you would, at verse number 26 of Luke chapter number 1. And we're going to read a few verses here this morning. And then after I take the time to read those verses, we will come back to some of these verses. And I trust that they'll, uh, make, we'll be able to make some applications for our life today as we look at these verses here in Luke chapter number 1. Would you start look, would you look there in verse number 26? That's where I'll start reading. It says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. So now Elizabeth, uh, Mary's cousin, is uh, pregnant with a child and she's going to give birth to uh, John the Baptist. Of course, we uh, know that story. And now in the midst of her pregnancy, a message is delivered by Gabriel. Again, he's sent from God unto this city of Galilee named Nazareth. And he begins to deliver a message to Mary. Look with me, if you would, verse 27, to a virgin. So that's who he goes to, to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and, thou, excuse me, and shalt call his name Jesus which of course is the title that helps us to understand that He is the Savior, right? He came to be the Savior of the world. So you're going to call His name Jesus. Now notice some details that the angel gives her about Jesus when He comes to earth. He shall be great. Can I say this? God is great, isn't He? He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. The choir sang about that this morning in our song. Who is he in yonder stall? He's going to rule and he's going to reign for all eternity. Verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Another title for God there, right? For Jesus. He's going to be called Jesus. Again, he's going to be great. And his name, again, he'll be called the Son of God. Verse 36. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Now notice the next few words here in verse number 37. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Now we, we're, that's not the message today. But we could stop right there in verse number 37. And there's power in that verse, isn't there? For with God nothing shall be impossible. Elizabeth in her old age is going to give birth to a child at an age in which others around her would think it would be impossible. As a matter of fact, her husband lacked the belief to believe it to the point where he was even, his voice was even taken away from him, correct? 
Didn't want, didn't want to believe that in the old age of Elizabeth she could give birth to a child. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. And then we got this lady who's a virgin. She's never even been with a man. How is it possible for her to give birth to a child? With God, nothing shall be impossible. And then notice verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. Now I want to look at these verses that we just read. And I want to uh, call your attention to a few things that we learn from the life of Mary today. As a matter of fact, I've, in, I've given a, the message a title this morning. And I want to title the message, Learning Lessons from Mary's Character. I want us to learn some lessons today from the character of Mary. Now the Bible says that this is a lady who the Bible says is highly favored. If you'll look at verse number 28 again, it says, And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. If you would skip down a few verses, you'll notice in uh, verse number, uh, verse number uh, 29... He says, and when she saw him, she was troubled at her saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Look at verse 30. And the angel said unto her, fear not Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Now remember up to verse number 26, it said that she is highly favored. In verse number 30, she has found favor with God. What that means is this, God's grace is upon this lady Mary. God's grace is going to be very real in her life. As a matter of fact, if we would think about the promise that had been given already by prophets in the Old Testament of our Bible, matter of fact, we read one of them this morning when we quoted our monthly verse. For unto you a Savior is going to be born, right? His name is going to be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's a prophecy that was given in the book of Isaiah that this child was going to come. There's a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7 four, and verse number 14. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. They're going to call his name Jesus. The, the prophet Isaiah said that Jesus was going to be born of a virgin. So in that day, they knew that the time was going to come that the Messiah would be born. Certainly they didn't, I, 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 I believe they didn't know all of the details surrounding it. Certainly I, I, I would imagine that as they're waiting for the coming of this Messiah, there were many perhaps that thought that, many, many young ladies perhaps even that thought, maybe God would, be the, would choose to use me to bring this child into this earth. But God chose to use Mary, didn't he? And God's grace was on this lady Mary in a very special way. And so I want us to learn some lessons from the character of Mary today. Number one, I want us to notice this about Mary today. I want us to notice, number one, she was sensitive to the voice of God. She was sensitive to the voice of God. Maybe perhaps another good word to use for that is this. She was alert to the voice of God. 
She was sensitive. Her ear was bent to be able to hear the voice of God as he spoke to her. She knew when God was speaking to her. We know that to be true because of what we read. Look down, if you would, again at verse number 28 in our Bible. It says, And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Here's Mary now, sensitive to the voice of God, knowing that this angel is speaking to her. Alert, knowing that God's voice is speaking. She knew when God was speaking to her. Can I ask you by way of application today in your life, are you sensitive to the voice of God in your life? Are you sensitive to the voice of God in your life? Let me ask this. Has there been a time in which God's voice has spoken to you? He's convicted your heart of sin. You came to the point where you realized as God was speaking to you. By the way, not in an audible voice. We're not going to hear his audible voice today. But he speaks in that still small voice in our heart, doesn't he? And we've got to be sensitive to that, right? We've got to be alert to God speaking to us. Now, I remember as a six-year-old boy, I remember sitting in a service on a Sunday evening, and I remember clearly God speaking to my heart, helping me to realize there was a need that I had. There was sin that was in my heart that needed to be forgiven. And I realized that night as God was speaking to my heart that God loved me so much that he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for me. And that night, I remember very specifically God speaking to my heart, convicting my heart of my need. Can I ask you today, are you sensitive to the voice of God? And then for the Christian today, are you sensitive for the lost person today? Are you sensitive to hear God's voice as he speaks to you and he draws you to himself so that you can trust Jesus as your Savior? But for those that are saved today, are you sensitive to the voice of God when he speaks to you? Perhaps he may speak to you about sin that's in your life that you need to deal with. You need to address it. You need to get it right. And as God is speaking to your heart, are you sensitive to that? Are you alert to that so that you can get those things dealt with? Maybe perhaps God speaks, is speaking to your heart in some way when it comes to service for the Lord. Some way in which he desires to use you for his honor and his glory. Are you sensitive to his voice just like Mary was sensitive to the voice of God to be able to hear the angel that speaks to her and know that there's something special that God is trying to tell me as I hear the voice of that angel. Now I think back in the Old Testament of our Bibles in the book of Samuel and I think it's chapter number 3 of 1 Samuel if I'm remembering correctly. Hannah has given birth to a son and his name is Samuel. She gives him over to the Lord and she allows the Lord to use him there in the temple and he's serving there with the high priest Eli. And the Bible tells us there's a night in which Samuel goes to bed in 1 Samuel chapter 3 there. He goes to bed and he hears the voice calling Samuel. And you might remember the story. Samuel gets up and he runs to Eli and he says, Eli, did you call me? Eli says to him, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. You're, you know, you're just hearing things. I didn't speak to you. Go back to bed. And so Samuel goes back and he's 
resting again and he hears that voice again. Samuel, he goes to uh, talk to the high priest uh, Eli again and Eli says, no, I didn't call you, go back. Happens a third time and he hears the voice again and he comes back to Eli and Eli begins to perceive what's happening. God is speaking to you. You've got to be sensitive to his voice now, Samuel. So when you hear him speak again, he said, I want you to say these words. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Well, Samuel went back to where he was and he hears the voice again. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. He's sensitive to the voice of God and God begins to reveal to Samuel at that very moment a special place of service that God has specifically for Samuel to do for the honor and the glory of the Lord. Are you sensitive to the voice of God? I think of the prophet Isaiah in the Bible when the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter number 6 that he sees that vision of God. He sees that vision of God high and lifted up and we get towards the very beginning of that chapter there in Isaiah chapter number 6 and the Bible says this specifically about the prophet Isaiah. He says, I heard... The voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? He specifically, the Bible says, heard the voice of the Lord saying. And the Bible tells us that Isaiah volunteers. He says, Here am I, Lord. Send me. Hey, if you want to volunteer for Jesus, you want to be used of Jesus, you've got to be sensitive to His voice. It could be today that his voice is, you're not as sensitive or as alert to his voice as you should be because there's something that stands in between you and the Savior. Today would be a good day to talk to the Lord about that. To clear that line of communication. Aren't you thankful that if you ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior, that relationship will never change. But if there's sin, there's something that stands in the way, it hinders our fellowship with the Lord. And that voice of the Lord isn't as sweet, isn't as clear as what it ought to be. Can I ask you today, are you sensitive to the voice of God? Number two, I want, to know, I want us to notice this about the character of Mary. Number one, she was sensitive or alert to the voice of God. But number two, I want us to notice this. She was sanctified for the work of God. She was sanctified for the work of God. Now that word sanctified, when we use that word, we're thinking of the idea of being set apart. Being set apart so that God can use me for His honor and His glory. Now this morning in Sunday school we met together for our adult class. We preached, or I've taught a lesson today on the Bible word consecration. That word consecration in one form or another I told our Sunday school class this morning is found in the Bible 37 times. And it has the idea of being set apart. Being dedicated or devoted to something. Being willing to give your life to the Lord so that He can use you. Can I say this about Mary? She was sanctified. She was set apart for the work of God. Let's prove this. Look with me if you would at verse number 28 in our Bibles. I'm sorry, verse number 27 if you would. Verse number 27. He says, to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and then he repeats the truth about Mary's character again at the end of the verse. And the virgin's name 
was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. Again, God's grace is upon you. Look at what he says at the end of verse number 28. Blessed art thou among women. You are sanctified. You are set apart for the work of God. The Bible tells us two different times in verse number 27 that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a virgin. She was going to give birth to Jesus Christ as a virgin. Now, now, now remember, that's a Bible doctrine. The virgin birth of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ that here at our church we would refuse to budge on. There's no way of saying that Jesus was born in any other way. He was born of a virgin. Now here's what's so important for us to remember about Mary. Because she had set herself apart in the way that she lived her life, she was then able to be used for the work of God. Now think about this. The Bible describes her as a virgin, which means that she was sexually pure in her life. She had kept herself pure. What a challenge for us today, right? To keep ourselves pure. So she kept herself pure sexually, but can I say this? She also was pure in her heart. And because of that, God was able to use her. Well, in the New Testament or Bible, there is a challenge that's given to Christians. Would you take the time to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 with me, if you would? Keep your place there in Luke chapter 1, because we're going to come back there. But would you look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, and look down, if you would, at verse number 20. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse number 20. And notice what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, down at verse number 20. It says this, But in a great house... There are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. So he said, well, there's, there's, there's vessels. So, some of those vessels are, are honorable vessels. Some of those vessels are, are dishonorable vessels. Some of them we would describe are, are gold and silver and precious stone. Others would be described as wood and, and hay and, and, and stubble, he says, wood and of earth. But notice what he says in verse number 22. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, verse number 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these. God says, I want you to be an honorable vessel. Purge yourself from these. Notice what he says. He shall be a vessel unto honor. A vessel unto honor, an honorable vessel. Here's what the Bible's talking about when it uses that word vessel. Our bodies, our lives as being a vessel unto the Lord. And he says, I desire that you be an honorable vessel. God wants to use a vessel that is honorable, right? And then notice the next way he describes this. Look at verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these... He shall be a vessel unto honor. Now notice the next word, sanctified. Again, back to what we said about Mary. She was sanctified to be able to do the work of God in her life. 
God desires that we are vessels that are set apart. We are sanctified. Now notice the rest of the verse. And meet for the master's use. That word meet has the idea of, of, of fit to do the master's work. God wants our vessels to be fit so that God can use them for His honor and His glory. And then notice it says this, And prepared unto every good work. Here's what God's saying. God's saying, I want to use vessels that are honorable. I want to use vessels that are set apart. Can I encourage you today, if you want God to use you today, if you want to be able to use, be used for the honor and the glory of the Lord, you're going to have to set your life apart from things of this world, things that are dishonorable, so that you can be the honorable vessel that God says is fit to be used for His honor and His glory. By the way, again, there are other ladies that perhaps maybe thought, God would be the one that would use me to bring the Messiah into this world. But God was looking for a vessel that was sanctified. God was looking for a vessel that was set apart. And the reason why God was able to, be, uh, uh, able to use Mary was because she had kept herself pure. She had kept herself set apart. Can I ask you today, I guess in illustrations that we could understand today, if we're going to go home this afternoon and we're going to get ready to sit down for lunch and we pull out what would be our, 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 our beverage that, that for that lunchtime, whether it be a glass of water or maybe a glass of iced tea that you've got, something that you're going to drink for your, your, your meal, you would not go to the dishwasher and pull out a dirty glass to drink your lunch beverage out of, would you? you? You wouldn't go to the dishwasher if they haven't been cleaned and pull out a dirty plate or dirty silverware to eat your lunch on this afternoon. You wouldn't pull out, if you're at home and you're saying, what am I going to wear today? You don't go to the dirty clothes pile to pull out something to put on to wear. We choose that which is clean, don't we? And that's exactly what God desires for our lives today. He desires to take the lives of young people, the lives of teenagers, the lives of adults, and He wants to use us for His honor and glory, but we have to be fit, right? We have to be honorable. We have to be sanctified. We have to be meet, fit, prepared for the Master's use. Can I ask you today, is your life sanctified for the work of God we see some very valuable lessons in the life of Mary. But then would you look at me, would you look at number three, if you would, this morning with me? I want you to notice that not only was Mary sensitive to the voice of God, she was sanctified for the work of God. But I want you to notice number three, she was surrendered to the plan of God. She was surrendered to the plan of God. Now, if we can even just picture this in our mind, this angel comes to visit her. Just picturing the story in our mind. Sometimes it's hard for us, I think, in our minds to picture all that goes on in these Bible stories. Sometimes, because obviously we're just human, it's hard for us to understand all the ways of God. But I think sometimes we fail to really understand it all or maybe or, or picture it all because we, really, we, we already know the end of the story, don't we? We already know what God does in the life of Mary. But think about not knowing the end of the story and think of that angel that comes to visit Mary. 
Here's this angel that comes. The Bible says she's troubled at his appearance there. She's troubled at this angel that comes. And then he delivers a message that literally sounds impossible, doesn't it? I mean, I'm a virgin. Matter of fact, she even asked the question, didn't she? Verse 34, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? This doesn't even make sense. That I could be a virgin and I could give birth to the, the, the Messiah, the Savior that's going to come into this world. It doesn't make sense. But sometimes in life when things do not always make sense, God still asks that we surrender to His plan for us, for our lives, doesn't He? And notice what Mary does. I want you to, uh, to draw your attention to verse number 38, if you would. Look at the very first part of this verse. It says, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. God, I am surrendered. I am submitted to your plan for my life. Mary uses the word handmaid. The word handmaid there is the way for us to understand the word servant. Mary was saying, God, I am your servant. I am completely surrendered to this plan that you have for me. I may not even understand it all. But remember, the angel says to her, with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary says, I'm surrendered as a servant to the Lord. She's saying this, she belonged totally to the Lord. Every part of her, her body, her soul, and her spirit, she was willing to yield that to His will for her life. You realize that's what, exactly what God desires for us today. He desires us to yield every part of ourselves to God that His will may be done in our lives. As a matter of fact, there's a passage of Scripture in the book of Romans and often I share this as I talk about yielding our bodies to Christ. He talks about the difference between yielding the parts of our body unto sin and unrighteousness or making the decision to yield our members of our body as instruments of righteousness unto God. We can either yield them as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin or right, as instruments of righteousness unto God. God says, I want you to sanctify yourself. I want you to surrender yourself to my plan. Yield yourself totally to my will. Even when there's moments where you don't understand it. Can I ask you this? Would you be able to say along with Mary today that I am a servant of the Lord's? I am God's servant. The handmaid of the Lord, Mary says. The servant of God. And then I want you to notice the last thought this morning that I believe we see in the character of Mary in this passage of Scripture that we read this morning. We said not only was she sensitive to the voice of God, she was sanctified for the work of God. She was surrendered to the plan of God, but I want you to notice lastly, she was trusting in the Word of God. She was trusting in the Word of God. Notice what the Bible says at the end of verse number 38. It says, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Now notice this. Be it unto me according to thy word. God, whatever you say, that is what I'm willing to trust. As you say it, it's Mary's way of saying, As you say it, I believe it's going to happen. 
the exact way that the angel says it's going to happen. I am believing. I am trusting. You know, today that is what separates individuals that are on their way to heaven and individuals that are facing eternity in the punishments of hell. The difference between belief and unbelief. Have you trusted God? Can I ask you today, are you taking God at His word in your life? You know, maybe today there's somebody that has an awful big prayer request they're presenting to the Lord. And maybe they're presenting it to God in a very specific way. God, you've heard my prayer request. You've heard the need that I have. I haven't offered it to you in an unclear way. I've offered it to you in a very clear way, a very specific way. And maybe perhaps God has not answered that request yet. But are you just simply trusting Him? Are you taking Him at His word? Are you believing what He says? Notice there was a, a passage of Scripture that Brother Terry read this morning. Some words that Elizabeth says to Mary when Mary arrives at her house. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And Elizabeth begins to talk to Mary and she says something that I, I, don't, know, I don't know if you called it when Brother Terry was saying it this morning. Look with me if you would down at verse number 45. We're right here still in Luke chapter 1. And notice what Elizabeth's words to Mary are. She says in verse 45, And blessed is she... That, what's the next word? Believed. Mary, blessed are you because you believed. You know, God wants us to believe today, doesn't he? He wants us to, we are saved by faith, but he wants us to live by faith today as well. Now, there might be somebody here today that would say, you know, there's never been a time where I have been saved by, by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. Because you believe God, because you trusted Him, because you took Him at His word. Have you believed in what Jesus has done for you? Again, we're celebrating at this time of year, Him coming to this earth to bleed and to die for us and to suffer the punishment for us so that we can have an opportunity to go to heaven. Have you believed in that today? Here's what the Bible says about our lives here as Christians on this earth. We are to walk by faith and not by sight. Are you able to say as Mary said, be it unto me according to thy word. If your word says it, God, I believe it. Remember what Elizabeth said, and blessed is she that believed. Now let's go on in verse number 45 to notice what Elizabeth said. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now, what comfort in those words, right? There will be a performance. Hey, with God, we have the assurance that He will keep His word, won't He? Whatever God says, there will be a performance of His word. You know, as humans, we can let one another down, but God will never let us down. He will always perform everything His word says that He will do. If he makes a promise, he's able to keep it today. He just expects us to trust him. Are you trusting in the word of God today? Are you able to say like Mary, be it unto me according to thy word? Have you been saved by faith? Have you been saved today because you said, I've trusted God. I'm not relying upon my good works. I'm not, I, I'm not relying upon the, the time that I... Uh, have to stand before God and say, well, my good outweighed my bad. Because that won't get us into heaven. 
I'm not trusting the fact that I've attended church or the fact that I read my Bible or the fact that I pray or the fact that I've gone into the baptistry and I've been baptized. All of those things are wonderful. They're steps of obedience. But that is not what is going to get a soul to heaven when we leave this earth. Are you trusting Him for your salvation today? Are you trusting Him for the eternity of your soul today? And then are you walking by faith today? Maybe there's someone here today and say, I have to be honest, my faith is, has, ju has just been a, 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 it's been a little weary. Now, I haven't been trusting God quite like I should. Let's be able to say with Mary today, Be it unto me according to thy word. God, I believe you. God, I am trusting your word today. And then let me say this at the very end of our message time this morning. I want to put all of these character traits together. And I came across, as I was studying this, I came across someone made a statement about the character of Mary. And I want to share it with you as we finish today. To put all of these thoughts together and to use the character of Mary to help us to learn lessons today. Remember we said she was sensitive to the voice of God. She was sanctified for the work of God. She was surrendered to the plan of God. She was trusting in the word of God. Someone once said this about Mary and what she was able to accomplish for the Lord. It said this, Mary experienced the grace of God and believed the word of God and therefore could be used by the Spirit of God to accomplish the will of God. Can I ask you today, is that true of you? Have you experienced the grace of God today? Would you be able to say God's grace, I'd be able to say that I've experienced God's grace. Think about what was said of Mary, you're highly favored. You're favored by God. God's grace is upon you. She experienced the grace of God. Have you experienced God's grace? And then she believed the word of God. Are you trusting in the word of God today? And so because she experienced his grace and she believed his word, she was therefore able to be used by the spirit of God. Think of the Holy Spirit of God that put that child, the baby Jesus, in her womb. No other way that that could have happened. No other way that it could have taken place. But God is the God of the impossible, isn't he? With God, nothing shall be impossible. She was able to be used by the Spirit of God to accomplish in her life the will of God. Will you take the character traits of Mary and learn lessons from her life today? She was sensitive to the voice of God. She was sanctified for the work of God. She was surrendered to the plan of God and she was trusting in the word of God. Is the voice of God speaking to you today? And let me ask you this, are you sensitive enough to it? Are you alert enough to it to know when he speaks to your heart? Maybe today he's speaking to your heart and there's something you know you need to do or maybe to give over to him today. Are you set apart to do his work? Are you yielded to him? Are you trusting in him the way that you should? so that he can accomplish his will in your life. Now I want to say one last thought about Mary before I close today. There are so many that have the character of Mary in the Christmas story uh, con confused in, in one way. They talk about how that Mary in her own self was perfect to the point where she did not need a Savior, but Mary needed a Savior just like you and I do. Matter of fact, she acknowledged that. 
She acknowledged her need of a Savior. So we are not looking at Mary's life today and saying, well, Mary was some kind of a perfect individual. No, Mary was a sinner just like all of us. And can I say that gives us hope that God can use us today. If we'll rely upon His grace and we'll believe His word, He can use us by His Holy Spirit to accomplish His will in our lives. Father, I pray that you'd bless the lessons that we have learned today from the life of Mary. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand